Hello, this is Real Estate Insights, the podcast from Savills that keeps its finger on the pulse of all aspects of the property world. And today we're looking at an area where changes in consumer behaviour are creating new opportunities along with some pitfalls to be avoided the wedding venue market. It can be hugely profitable. The beauty of it is if you've got a mature business, you've got a very long lead in time for your bookings, you can therefore procure and staff those effectively. One of the ways to stay fresh is to capitalise on sustainability. Couples are increasingly thinking about sustainable, ethical sourcing of products. The environmental impact of their wedding is now a consideration. We are seeing a, a number of companies that have several assets either regionally or across the UK and are actually looking to acquire more and that's something that we think will continue. I'm Guy Ruddle and we've brought together Savile's expertise on this subject from all over the UK. Polly Graham is an associate in the leisure and trade-related team. She focuses on valuing a range of leisure assets across the UK, including wedding venues. Polly, welcome to Real Estate Insights. Thank you. Adam Davies leads the Tourism, Leisure and Events Consultancy in Scotland, which, amongst other things, advises venue owners and operators on the viability of new developments and how to make the most of existing developments as well. Adam, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. And James Greenslade is a director in the Hotel Capital Markets team in the Southwest. He's in charge of the sale and acquisition of leisure and hotel assets in that part of the world. James, welcome back to the podcast. It's been a, bit, a year and a bit since we since we last had you in the studio, but welcome back. Thanks, Guy. Yeah, no, it's been a bit of a while. The world's changed a little bit since then. Hasn't it just? So let's start talking about wedding venues then. Um, Adam, I, maybe we could start with you. When we talk about wedding venues, I know this is a simple question, but but what do we mean? What what types of property and things like that are we talking about? I, I think it's a it's, it's a it's a real mix of different types. Uh, you know, it can be everything from the seasonal marquee that goes up for a few months right through to the the purpose built three six five day um, venue that's fully fully commercialised. Traditionally, if we look back, um, estates that would have attractive houses and castles, they'd often look to to host a, a handful of weddings per year, um, helping to generate some additional income. This would generally be seen as a bit of a, a lifestyle or a hobby business. Um, they might even put up the, the marquee on the lawn for a couple of months in the summer. But what we're seeing now, um, increasingly so, is many landowners are actually looking to develop um, purpose-built wedding and event venues often looking to um, repurpose existing buildings such as steadings or stables, creating really attractive year-round venues that are much more commercially focused than the previous lifestyle businesses. Yeah. And Polly, these sorts of, uh, of venues, is accommodation a, a, an important part? You, know, you, can, you can imagine you, know, you can put a, a marquee up anywhere. <laughs> I know I'm being a bit flippant, but you know what I mean? Is accommodation a, a key part of what we're talking about? It helps differentiate the wedding venues and most brides would like a bridal suite on site. The accommodation is a tricky one as to how many numbers because you you need to be able to accommodate both families. Um, and so now we're seeing um, more buildings being converted, whether it's the owner's family home or yurts and shepherd's huts being added. Yeah, I mean, I love the idea of a yurt or a shepherd's hut as a you know as a sort of part of a a, a wedding thing. But but James, in your in your part of the world, not so much the, the the geographical part of the world, but the the property type, the hotel market. I mean, obviously, 
yeah, hotel wedding venue. These are not. This is not a new concept. Has it? Is it changing a lot? Yeah, I think it is. Um, so to Adam's point, there there has been a, a growth and a professionalisation in the market, which. I think has impacted the hotel sector. So hotels have always traditionally seen weddings as a part of their income. They're now competing against venues which are set up solely to cater for weddings and and events of that nature. And I think it's that dichotomy between your leisure guests who are staying to have a lovely weekend away versus maybe a slightly raucous wedding on the grounds means that some venues have decided to fully commit to that, that wedding route. And others have decided, actually, it's too difficult to gel your core business and that add-on wedding business together. So it's definitely something that is in our sector, but it's definitely something that's changing as well. Yeah. So, Polly, I suppose that sort of raises a question. What makes a a wedding venue a wedding venue rather than, I don't know, just a, a party venue? I would say that the wedding venues I've looked at, they do very limited events. They focus on the wedding venue market that's how they market themselves we're also seeing an increase in the number of purchasers coming forward looking to set up wellness retreats and actually there's a good crossover if the wedding business isn't doing well then it could be used as a wellness retreat because it's got the big space needed for group sessions like yoga or meditation and it's got the accommodation that they like on site with the commercial catering yeah. And Adam, the, the, Polly sort of mentioned people coming into the market. What's this market? You know, who's in this market? Is this a corporate market? I don't, I, I don't think I know of any big, you know, wedding venue operators, or is it very much sort of individual owner occupiers and, and, uh, and apart from the hotels bit? I think we are seeing a, a bit of a change where traditionally it was the sort of the owner occupier who would have, you know, the, the one venue. Um, more recently, we we are seeing a, a number of um, companies that have that several assets um, either regionally or across the UK, and are actually looking to acquire more. And that's something that we think will continue: is these uh, these group operators looking to to expand and to increase the number of venues that they operate. I, I agree, Adam. I think that's definitely something we're starting to see. It's sort of the next step in the process is is the professionalisation of the sector the aggregation across multiple sites. And I think the the next step beyond there, and it's something we're starting to see, is the sophistication of the market behind that. So the the institutional capital looking to aggregate multiple operators into larger groups. And I think it's fair to say we're at the fairly early stages of that. You're nodding, Polly. I am, because we've just launched a couple of wedding venues to the market confidentially. And it has the main interest has come from buyers who have existing wedding venues and they're looking to expand their portfolio it's interesting because in, you know, in my head these are all you know, you, the market is usually people who i don't know set up a, a set you know have a nice house and said well we'll do some weddings and i've been doing it for 15 20 years or, or, or whatever are they do you are you suggesting that perhaps they might be sort of moving out of the market that type of person a bit i think the ones that are selling out of that market are being bought by those looking to expand. One client I have wants to get each of their venues up to 300 weddings a year. They will take an existing wedding venue, but ramp it up, generally through the marketing. I think there's still a place for those individual owner operators and they're still going to do really well. Um, And I think it's an important thing for the people who are aggregating is 
everyone wants their experience to be special and to be unique and there's a danger that you can end up with something too homogenized what we're seeing kind of on the ground level is that there's certainly is um as james said you know there's, there's the new entrants looking to to start up new ones themselves um whether that's a, a change of generation and a new generation coming in and wanting to diversify um the house the farm the estate so we are still seeing these single new operators um but i, I completely agree with with Polly's point that when we're seeing the, the venues that are established come to the market for sale, it, it's, it's tending to be these group operators that are interested in the established ones. So look, let's take a look at uh, the market, the, you know, the wedding market as, as a whole, perhaps. Um, Adam, maybe I could get you to sort of start off on this. What's the market like? Lots of people getting married. Uh, uh, has, what's the COVID impact been? Just give us a sense of the whole market. I know that might be a thesis, but can you do it in a minute or so? I'll see what I can do. Yeah, well, yeah, lots of people getting married. Um, it's probably no surprise that uh, very, very tough uh, time during COVID uh, for, for venues. Um, really, you know, for much of 2020 and 2021, unable to trade either at all or um, trading with, with quite uh, stringent um, restrictions in terms of, of guest numbers and what they could do. Um, across the UK, there was over 264,000 uh, weddings rescheduled in 2020 alone. So the majority of them moved into 2021 or 2022. So venues had all of those to to deal with and to, to provide for, as well as the ones they already had booked in for those years. So whilst we didn't see huge numbers of cancellations, the majority um, did reschedule. That still had a huge impact on, on venues in terms of cash flow and also being able to sell um, dates for the future years because they were then filled with, with the rescheduled. So last year in particular was, was exceptionally busy for wedding venues dealing with this, this backlog. We're seeing now uh, more of a return to, to 2019 levels, uh, which was um, a, a very good year, and that's the that's the kind of the pattern that we're expecting to continue. So, still good demand, but uh, certainly stronger competition as more and more venues are um, being established. Yeah, so that's interesting because, uh, uh, in my head, I'm assuming that actually fewer and fewer people are bothering to get married at all. So um, if you look at the, the statistics, um, that's certainly correct. Um, over the last decade or so, um, the number of weddings across the UK has slowly been declining. Um, however, at the same time, the average value of weddings has been increasing um, by somewhat. And things like, um, Polly mentioned the accommodation, people are looking to have a much um, kind of extended wedding. So it's not just the one day now, it can be a two, three-day event. And uh, James... It- as as a market, is it a very profitable? I mean, is is running a, a, a your your property as a wedding venue? Is it is it you know, do you get good margin? Is it a very profitable business? It, it, yeah, I mean, it can be hugely profitable. The beauty of it is, if you've got a mature business, you've got a very long lead in time for your bookings. You can therefore procure and staff those effectively, rather than if you take that in opposition to a hotel business, you might not know how busy you're going to be next weekend until you get there. It therefore makes it very difficult to manage that business effectively. The counter to that is, and talking about it specifically through a hotel lens, it's getting those hotel bookings to gel with your wedding bookings if you are trying to do both, because one can be to the detriment of the other. Yeah. But if you, but if you do know that, if it is a good high-margin business, it, does that suggest that it's, it's perhaps less prey to you know, what the classic 
you know, sort of uh, leisure thing that we're talking about at the moment of you know hard to get staff, rising costs, everything's everything's going up. Or is it is that a problem as well in this market? I think unfortunately the the challenges you outlined there are pretty much endemic across all industries. Mm. Um, you know, quality staff, increasing utility costs, increasing procurement costs. They're they're something that everyone is battling with. Also, the food costs going up, and that's cutting the margins. So, you know, because that starts painting a picture, I suppose, you know, painting a picture for today. So, we're, you know, and we're talking about long term here, right? But, but that, so that starts painting a picture of a, of a market that you might be a little bit hesitant about getting into. I think the fundamentals are strong. I mean, there's an ability to pass on those costs to the consumer. Uh, provided that you're pricing things correctly and you're not out of step with the market. Um, hospitality has always been a good hedge against inflation because of the ability to do that. Um, I think it's about managing those costs. I think it's also why we're seeing the aggregation in the market from some of the larger operators, because if you're operating several venues, you've got that group purchasing power. You've got the ability to attract and retain good staff through employment opportunities and advancement within a group structure. Uh, and again, that's why we see probably this being more of a facet of the market going forwards, just as a you know, an opportunity to try and counter some of those costs. I think also that this market is underlined by people still want to get married, no matter what the economy is doing. They may save for longer and therefore you'll have longer lead-in costs. And then it's very important that the wedding venue operator thinks about their pricing going forward. So they'll have to have by now their 2024 prices, their 25 prices and potentially 26 prices. Also, couples may just not have so many bolt-ons, so less catered for evening guests or less guests overall, but the average number of guests is still is still increasing and is about 88 guests per per wedding. So look, we've painted quite a picture of, of where you know of what the market is like at the moment Let, let's look into the future a bit and get all three of you to sort of come up with some free advice if you if you like but you know w- w- what are the big opportunities in the future what do operators uh, uh, need to do and think about what do people who are trying to get into the market or out of the market think where should we go first Adam you know if if, if somebody said to you we are what what are the key things to think about about the future of this market what would you be what would you be saying I think something we see quite often is that the venues um, come and go in terms of popularity. Um, you'll have a, a new venue and it's this it's new thing on the block. People haven't been there whether um, as, a, as a guest or to, to be married there themselves. So it's, it's the new shiny thing that everybody wants to go to. And what we can see is that kind of five-year cycle um, that if, if a new venue, which proves to be very popular, doesn't keep up with the change in trends and doesn't look to keep reinventing itself so that people do continue to want to go to it the the interest in the bookings can drop off a cliff um, and you know something else will open up which is new and and the market shifts to that down the road so it's it's, it's hugely important to, to keep up with these trends even if you have a really popular venue today you need to be making sure that it's going to be popular for what people are wanting in two years' time when they're booking the events and the weddings. So it's, it's, it's really ensuring that you're, you're reinvesting and making sure that you, you stay current and ahead of the trend. Also, to add to that, one of the ways to stay fresh is to capitalise on um, sustainability because that's going to be... Couples are increasingly thinking about sustainable, ethical 
sourcing of products, how they're making the environmental impact of their wedding is now a consideration. But that can be used as a tool for keeping fresh. James, you know, in 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 the, in the hotel point, if, uh, it's a sort of similar question, but you know, if you are you're advising a hotel or the ho- hotel yeah. operates what to do uh, at the risk of sounding like an agent, I think it's thinking about your exit. Even if you are just setting up a new business now, um, with one eye on the way the market is going and the professionalisation of the operation and the sophistication of the capital, looking at it, think about splitting your operating company and your proper property holding company on the way in. Uh, so there's an easy unit to sell at the end of it i think it's also about thinking about you as an operator and your role in the business and whilst it's important that operators are creating something that's unique and that is showcasing their ability there's a risk that they are perceived as being too integral to the business and that can have a detriment from a pricing perspective on the way out so i think it's having a good management structure that sits below you that allows business continuity post sale We've reached the point now where we uh, we have a little feature uh, called "Tell Me Something I Don't Know," uh, and you're all well, James. You haven't done. You did a different one, a different feature last time you're here. You're Polly and Adam. You're new to this completely. It's a little nugget of information, a little sort of thought, perhaps uh, that shines an extra little bit of light on the market. Uh, where should we start? We'll start. We'll, we'll go north to south, I think. So, Adam in Scotland, tell me something I don't know. Let's start big. Uh, so the wedding industry is worth fifteen billion per annum in the UK. Wow, really? Fifteen billion? That's a lot. Uh, no, I, de- I definitely did not know that. Polly, uh, coming down to sort of, where are you based? Oxford, somewhere. Oxford. Like, Oxford. So we come down to Oxford. Uh, tell me something I don't know, Polly. Saturday weddings only make up about fifty percent of all weddings. This has come from the back of COVID due to demand and now also we're seeing slightly cheaper to get married on a Wednesday or Thursday than Friday or Saturday. James, we've, we've, we've reached the southwest. Uh, tell me something I don't know. Actually, over a quarter of all couples get married in a different county to where they live. So I think it just underlines Polly's point about accommodation in terms of actually getting your guests on site and giving them somewhere to stay. Oh, really? So, yeah, so uh, uh, away from where either of them lives, Correct, as a yeah. sort of a remote wedding, not, yep. you know, near the bride's family or something exactly like that. Exactly that, yeah, different oh, county okay. to where they're based. It's really changing this market, isn't it? You know, it it really is. We looked at a wedding venue in Cornwall, destination wedding venue, and they don't have anyone from Cornwall get married there. All their clients come from London. Well, listen, thank you all very much for that. As I say, it's the first time we've talked about wedding venues. Hopefully, we'll, we, we'll talk about it again in, in, a, in, a, in a year or two's time and we can see how much the market has evolved. Uh, thanks for your time. Thanks for your wisdom. If all that's done is left you uh, thirsting for more information, you'll find plenty of it on the research section of the Savills website, savills.co.uk forward slash research. That's it for this episode of Real Estate Insights. Thank you very much for listening and see you next time. This podcast is for general information only and should not be considered professional advice. Savills accepts no liability or responsibility for any direct, indirect or consequential loss arising from the use of, reference to or reliance on this podcast or its content. Savills makes no warranty as to the accuracy of the information in this podcast. 
This podcast and all copyright in this podcast is the property of Savills and it shall not be used, reproduced or quoted in whole or in part without Savills' prior written consent.